Welcome to the London Property Podcast, your go-to source for navigating the complex and ever-changing London real estate market. Our digital marketplace provides informative and educational content from industry leaders through podcasts and videos. We cover various aspects of the real estate experience, including buying and selling, finance, law, tax, construction, design, and more. Join us as we delve into the latest trends and developments in the market and gain valuable insights from our panel of experts. Hello, and welcome back to London Property, home of Superprime. We're doing our market research video today, and we're welcoming back to the show Tom Bill, who's head of UK Residential Research. Hi. And uh, Marcus Dixon, who is the director of UK Residential Research at JLL. Great to be here. And thank you to Liam Monaghan for hosting us here at the LCP headquarters and uh, looking forward to you sharing some insight with us. So um, I'm going to just kick off by actually asking you all to tell us uh, in your own words, what do you think is next for the property market? Do we have to wait for the new normal to settle in before the activity starts or has the activity already started? So shall we start with Liam? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are, we're already starting to see rumblings of the market taking off. Um, anecdotally, we're seeing sort of increases in inquiries from, from buyers. Um, and the market is sort of, uh, the prime central London market especially, has almost been like someone standing on a hose pipe. The demand has always been there, but the pressure is swelling in behind. Um, and the lack of activity um, is something that can obviously be pushed on forward into the coming coming spring market. Um, and yes, we hope this will continue. And uh, Marcus, with uh, all the new data that you're now in charge of at JLL, what's, what's it looking like for you? Um, well, I think the, probably the answer now is slightly different from the answer that maybe I would have given you back in sort of October, November last year. I think things have, have settled Um and we're certainly sort of a, a bit more positive um, about the market now than we certainly were a few months back. It doesn't look like interest rates are necessarily going to get to the sort of levels that we were maybe fearing uh, towards the end of last year. Um, but actually, I mean, in terms of, of activity, we're seeing sort of a really, I guess, a, a bit of a return to some kind of normality. What's what's slightly difficult at the moment is we're comparing often back with 2022 and 2021, which weren't sort of quote unquote normal years uh, there were you know there was a lot of settlement back after after the pandemic there was various sort of you know stamp duty advantages in in 2021 which meant that lots of things were distorted and we're now starting to see things settle back so things like applicant numbers that we're, we're getting coming through for our prime central london offices are similar to the kind of levels we were seeing sort of 2017 2018 2019 so you know n- not not necessarily quite as busy as last year but um but, the, but there's still activity in the market people are still returning and particularly on the overseas side i mean if you look at some of the the, the transport figures that are coming through that heathrow passenger numbers that we always quote actually we're, we're, we're almost back to 2019 levels and so we're starting to see those overseas buyers come back into the market which you know is really important for sort of a fully functioning prime central london yeah no i couldn't agree more and uh what about you tom um i think it's fair to say the market's taken most people by surprise this year it had a pretty ropey last few months of last year due to the mini budget uh and it's still i think recovering from from what happened there and what happened to to, to mortgage rates um, it feels like quite a prolonged hangover for the for the UK housing market. But in prime central London, in prime parts of London at the moment, I think we're in a sort of almost a bit of a limbo. We're waiting for the spring. We're waiting to see 
quite how much momentum there is in the market, quite how sustainable all this activity is, because it is pretty strong at the moment. We're seeing a bit of a difference between what's happening at the top end of the market, which is proportionally stronger than what's happening in the bottom end. So that market, there's less reliant on debt, um, understandably, is is stronger in terms of the activity and the figures that we're seeing, applicants and exchanges. Uh, but I think come the spring, that's when the, the market as a whole in London, the prime London market, if you like, will be properly put to the test. And I, I would suggest it's probably going to pass the, that, that particular test. It's, I think it went for a strong year. Our forecast is just out today, actually. We're thinking um, Prime London is going to outperform most of the rest of the country over, over the next few years. It's had a pretty quiet pandemic. Um, but there's, a, a, there's an overdue recovery. And there's all sorts of reasons that we think is gonna, that, that they're going to underpin the market. And are you seeing new wealth coming from somewhere or old wealth reigniting? What, what, where do you see the, the demand coming from? A bit. I think, I think it, what we're seeing at the moment is a lot of interest from the Middle East, from North America, from Europe, um, less so from mainland China. I, I would say that's, I think that's just due to the travel restrictions that have been in place. It's coming back. But at the moment, the, those, I suppose, are the, are the, the dominant areas of where we're seeing it coming from. A little bit of new wealth, a little bit out of Latin America, but nothing that's really kind of moving the, the needle particularly. It seems to be, you know, there's that great spread of nationalities that come to London to buy, and that's part of its strength. And that's, as a whole, as Marcus said, it's sort of picking up, and we're seeing that with, with the sort of people arriving in the country. And Liam, your firm traditionally have done a lot of investment for people from Hong Kong, China, Singapore, etc. And um, that market went a little bit kind of flat for a bit yeah well it's obviously as, as as the guy said the travel the travel is starting to increase the Heathrow numbers are showing at, in December that there was a bit of an uptick in in travel in inbounds from Far East Asia mm. obviously lockdowns hopefully are a thing of the past globally but we'll, we'll see how that we'll see how that pans out but we're starting to see especially especially clients from Hong Kong having a foothold in in both countries as there's a bit of uncertainty over over what's going on with mainland China there so we're starting to see a lot more of that investment. Um, and to back up what Tom said, the dollar-denominated clients in the in the Middle East and in North America, we're starting to see a, an increase whereby they would usually have been the tenants of old because of what would have been seen by the IRS during their tax position, but with the exchange rate being so favourable still. And we are still down on 2015 peaks. I think roughly it's about an 18% discount on where we were at that 2015 peak if you're if a US buyer, so the tax hits aren't as severe. So we're definitely seeing that as a as a big market for us currently, and hopefully. And, and you, you're not seeing any kind of new rental investment investment types looking at the market. I mean, the, we we have always have overseas investment. We did have quite a big increase on the domestic side of things since since the pandemic for obvious reasons. Um, but they were mainly on the homeowner side, people looking for their own home or a peer to tear. Um, obviously, it was people were looking for houses, and the housing market's pretty much stayed flat. Um, but now we're starting to see a bit of a rebirth of the of the flat as people return back into it, be closer to the office, not commuting in from the, um, the commuter belt. Uh, and Marcus, how about you? Are you noticing any uh, new wealth coming from, or is it all traditional? It's I mean, in terms of if you look down the spreadsheet of who's buying the most in terms of overseas buyers, it's the same countries that pop up again and again. So it's 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 mainland China, it's Hong Kong, it's India, it's um, it's it's North America, um, 
with then you know a bit of a split between we've seen some Malaysian in, investment coming across, uh, but it is sort of the usual suspects in terms of the people that are buying. There's obviously the currency advantage, which you know is 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 sort of slightly old news. You know, the, actually, currency has been pretty favourable for quite a long time. But it, but for those people coming in, it just adds that little bit of an added incentive. Um, I guess that you know what's interesting is in terms of now that those people are able to travel. Also, the the student numbers are are, are really ratcheting back up in terms of overseas students, and quite a lot of particularly in our new homes business. A lot of the investment that we see is is often sort of slightly linked to that student market. So they're either buying for their children when they're studying here, or they're buying in anticipation that their their nine year old who's at boarding school in the UK will study in London, and that home is ready for them when they do. So I think that sort of student market has been something that's been that's been really important, um, and we're now starting to see a lot of those people who applied in sort of. 2019, 2020, 2021 are actually taking up those places and are coming across. But yeah, in terms of it's it's it is the usual. It is. I mean, I, I guess probably of our overseas buyers, about fifty percent are from either mainland China or Hong Kong. Um, with India and uh, the US being sort of the next ones down. Um, so they're still, even though they've fallen back a bit because of the the restrictions, they're still the ones who are buying the most. Certainly on the new home side. And uh, are you seeing um, Tom any kind of pattern in what types of properties are in high demand and what types of properties are not in high demand? I think we're just moving back to a normal situation in terms of the people aren't particularly bothered. I mean, they still are. There's, people still want space and greenery, and, and but flats and houses, I think that's coming much more back into balance in, in the way that it used to be. Um, I think the, the race for space that we saw during the pandemic has calmed right down. We're seeing that sort of across the country People seem to be gravitating back towards London. And what that means for the prime central London market is people are more and more agnostic about whether it's a flat or a, or a house. Um, I'm sure there's still some desire, as I say, for roof terraces or access to communal gardens, those sorts of boxes that people like to tick. But uh, generally speaking, it, it's sort of back, moving back to, to where it was, which probably shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. So, Liam, you already touched on the subject that, you know, you're seeing more people going back to flats. Mm-hmm. If you were to um, talk to an investor and say, if I were you, this is what I would do, what would that be when it comes to, you know, demand for properties? Which, which way would you, would well, you feel I that mean, would be? I mean, there's, there's two different ways to break that down. It's obviously looking at the rental investment side of things, which has been our bread and butter over 30 years that, that since, since I founded Naomi set up the company. It's always smaller is better, and that's still our... It's still what we go to and looking in the areas that are still due to improve around prime central London. So your Bayswaters and your Pimlicos, there's still some really good deals to be had in those locations and still looking at heritage properties and still looking at ways you can improve, especially in those sort of areas. You've got a lot of property that hasn't been touched for sort of 40, 50 years and you can really put some value add and, and, and add to the add to the sort of capital value of a property and help it, it grow in the, in, the, in the best way when things move forward. And in pe- terms of people looking for their own property, it's, it's just trying to find the right sort of property within their, within their budget and, and timeframes. Um, there's so many different types of people coming over wanting all different types of property, and it's all just about finding them and helping them settle in the right sort of area within, within London. Yeah. And Marcus, your data, is it showing any kind of hot spots that, apart from the Pimlico and the Bayswater that Liam's just told us about? But are you seeing any hot spots for 
property types, property areas? I mean, I guess the sort of I completely agree with Tom in terms of the sort of it returning demand returning slightly back to normality. Um, And so I guess some of the areas that maybe didn't suit the kind of race for space, um, outside space, big family house locations somewhere like South Kensington, for example, we could see something back in. If you, you know, if you look at the performance of somewhere like South Ken compared with someone like St John's Wood over the last three years, um, St John's Wood, you know, hugely outperformed in terms of price growth because it just ticked a load of those boxes, like Notting Hill in terms of you know leafy big houses. Whereas you know, possibly people sort of overlooked somewhere like South Kensington, I would imagine that we, we're going to see demand sort of starting to come back. So in that sort of window of opportunity, some of those more sort of central areas, you know, the same with sort of Knightsbridge, Belgravia, that maybe sort of slightly have fallen out of fashion in terms of what people might want at the moment, uh, could be a good thing to look at. I mean, the other thing, you know, talking back to what Liam was saying, is that we've seen is there's been a real race for sort of newly newly modernized renovated stock and actually people not really wanting to look at sort of projects um, across London partly because of you know the, the cost of materials the finding a builder all of this sort of stuff which has been a real challenge but that does mean that there's you know a widening gap between those two and actually possibly now could be the time to revisit some of those projects where you can add value um, so I think you know and that's probably that that, that, would, that would happen across London um, but I think some of those sort of more central areas where they haven't seen that sort of that post-pandemic increase in value could be could be worth looking at in the sort of the short term. Um, before I move on to the second part of our discussion which I'm going to call the rental dilemma is there anything you guys wanted to add um, to what we've discussed so far or that we haven't covered? I think we've covered quite a lot. Just on, in addition to Marcus's last point there, the two areas of London where we've seen the strongest price growth over the last year are South Ken and, and Knightsbridge. So both quite predominantly flat markets. So they're coming very much back onto the radar, I would say, for buyers. So it depends what people are looking for. It depends what's driving them. If looking for value, there is value to be found in those sorts of markets. Um, and that's, that's what we're seeing on the ground at the moment. Okay, well, thank you all very much. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode of the London Property Podcast. Head over to our website where you can browse our exclusive network of top experts driving the market. As a member, you'll have direct access to our experts and their networks. Our award-winning content will help you choose the right professionals for your needs and make informed decisions about your investments. Personal recommendations are a powerful tool in connecting with trusted professionals. Let us introduce you to the right people to help you achieve your real estate goals. Contact us now to learn more about becoming a member and gaining access to these valuable resources or joining our directory of experts.